Today, I'm really excited about our guest today, one of my first coaching clients in recruiting and one of my first placements at our agency, Digital Recruiter Talent Group. Uh, she's got a really cool, interesting background, uh, is a good friend. Her name's Karen Siegel. She's a managing director at Staff Agency. She runs all the back-end operations for their team, is an account manager. She's got a tremendous background in customer service and, and PR, representing brands like Ritz-Carlton and Estee Lauder. Uh, just has a really cool background, tons of knowledge in HR and back-end operations especially, uh, which is, I know, an area a lot of HCC struggle with. So there's going to be a lot of good nuggets in this podcast. So I'm excited. So Karen, thanks for being here. Yes, I didn't know all that. Yeah, there you go. Cool. There you go. There you go. So it's uh, this will be good. So let's start how we we typically start, because um, I know if this is a good story. How'd you get into recruiting? I got into recruiting during COVID when I had my own PR firm and I was doing beauty and hospitality PR, and I was consulting, and obviously that went dead. And a couple of friends were starting up a health brokerage, wanted to put me in because I had corporate experience. And they're like, well, we don't know where you fit in the puzzle. Go in recruiting. So that's how I had it. And then uh, here we are. <laughs> nice. Nice. Because you, it was more like what kind of like the medical, right? In, insurance, like that type of, I yeah. mean, it was fast paced, like, you know, what, like high turnover, all that. Like there was a whole bunch of kind of like, you just kind of had to figure it out on the fly, right? Yeah, I mean, if anyone who's familiar with the call center space, um, yeah. it's it was a traditional health. It's a health brokerage. They sold health insurance. But it's a call center, so it was yeah. everyone just working on commission. And you have a training class. You hire twenty people every week, and you hope that you get maybe four people out of it. Probably two by the end of that month. Um, so it's, it's a lot of turnover, and it's high volume. Yes, yes. And so you were doing that for what, was it about a year year and a half yeah, before two, we met about a year and a half. Yeah. okay and then this crazy guy connects and messages you on linkedin yes um so and yeah so because i know you were kind of thinking about coaching you're looking for help because there's a lot going on right so it's like you get thrown into the recruiting world people are all in the beginning like oh it's recruiting how hard can it be and you realize oh it's really hard uh to to do all this right maybe not have like the the systems in place or the training from your team to like know what's going on um so yeah like nothing. yeah it's right <laughs> and so so we connected and i just introduced myself like i typically do to people um yeah talk to us kind of like where you were there kind of when we connected yeah it was yeah. so funny like you know i didn't use linkedin as much at the time when you are running a call center it's just not where you find your leads you find them on a deed you find them on craigslist like you don't yeah. find i'm in south florida so it, linkedin was not it um, and I was just thinking in my head and I was talking to a colleague, I would love a recruiting mentor. I really, you know, this is the first time I've done this. Clark's message probably popped up a couple days later and it was just divine timing. Like to me, it was like, that's my sign. Yeah. So, and then from there, you know, we worked together, but it's just interesting because as a recruiter, especially if you're starting out, you don't think oh, this person's going to answer my message or this person won't know who I am or I'm sending out, you know, a blast on Dripify or whatever the case may be. But 
I did answer that message and I'm a former New Yorker. Like I don't answer calls. I don't talk to people. Like I'm, I don't even say goodbye half the time on the yeah. phone. That's just my nature. Yeah. But I, I saw Clark's message. I, this has to be meant to be, I need this. I'm signing up with him. I invested my own money in it. And it, and it obviously grew from there. It, it, it's such a fascinating you know, perspective. And I love that like you're always been open about sharing it is because it's something people struggle in, in the program. And I know you went through the program uh, really cool, kind of two different times in a sense, yeah. but, uh, you know, in, in your old role and, and your newer role at staff agency. And it's more, I'm, I'm trying to instill this in people that are trying to learn sales and business development, really understand like what they bring to the table. And you do your market a disservice, like your ideal future client a disservice by not figuring out your outreach, figuring out your target market and just going, you know, and hitting the numbers every day and outreach and introducing yourself and posting content and letting know, people know the problem that you solve because there's people that are feeling the pain, right? There's there's clients that need like a, an SDR or a CTO, um, you know, or recruiters that need coaching help like that are looking for it, but they don't know where to go and they don't maybe have time to research it or don't know where to research. So like, figuring that out and like leveraging right LinkedIn, especially for us as recruiters is it's so important to kind of get those systems in place, get your outreach going consistent every day, get your content out there. Cause I know it's hard to believe sometimes but like you you can get amazing clients and that buy-in of like, they they feel like your divine intervention. I mean, that is the best place to be. It was so fun to work together. Cause you're like, Hey, I need this. I was like, well, I love coaching and giving you all the knowledge I have about recruiting and catching you up to speed that's why it was it was just a perfect match, right? Yeah. And, and I think it's important for people to to know that, and if that like helps you just do the activity every day, like you can have great partnerships and 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 relationships like this in work. That I mean, that one month, right? One or two months we worked together. What <laughs> it's crazy it what it turned into, which we'll get time. into. Yeah, too. Yeah, it changed. I mean, it changed my life, obviously, forever. We'll you know get into that, but I think. A lot of the times when I was doing my messaging, when I switched over and, and started working for staff agency after I left this company, and then I was the one reaching out on Dripify, like, you have to be so straight to the point. If your message wasn't straight to the point in those first two sentences, like, it's a wrap. I wasn't going to pay attention, yeah. but you you just offered what I needed. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's as simple as that, right? Like, you do, you, you do all the work and you do that. And it was fun. I remember we were figuring out, like, Indeed and the job descriptions. Oh, and yes. right? I, I hadn't dabbled into that as much at the time because I used Career Builder back in the day at Aerotech. And I remember looking at the job descriptions. And I'm like, well, why don't we just, like, fix these up a little bit, right? And, like, I kind of wrote them in the way that we – the way I kind of do content and write content, kind of telling more of a story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like it flipped the whole thing around. It was like, it was fun. I mean, what you slashed like the indeed budget, like a crazy amount. Um, yeah, you can that, get, yes, yeah. that was the biggest sell as we slashed our budget by like 10 K a month, just because of someone in their program, like did something with cannabis and like knew how to like maneuver the indeed. I don't think you can do it anymore, but at the time yeah. you could, Yeah, it was accountability. I think a lot of it, like, especially as a business owner on my end, like, and I think that's the same way as a recruiter when, if you're speaking to someone who owns their own business, like you need accountability yeah. and, and you offer that to me and a recruiter can offer that to a business owner. So I think, yeah, like you said, like don't devalue what you offer. It's pretty simple when you really think about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, so we worked together for a couple months and then you, I think you called me one day and oh, you're like, 
I remember that. I remember exactly what I was in my old house before. It was like, month before I got married and moved in with my wife. It was my old house. It was on the port. You call me like on a Friday. You're like, I, I got to leave. I called you I gotta before leave. I Yeah. Yeah, before. Yeah, you're like I, I gotta, I gotta leave. What, what do I, you know? What am I, you know, what am I gonna do? All this stuff, but I gotta tell you, I'm gonna leave this company. I was like, all right, like, what are you gonna do? I don't, I even, I remember, like, you were like, I don't know, like, I think maybe recruiting or whatever else, but like, I still remember that phone call, and I just remember being like, I just felt like Josh. I was like, I just remember thinking like, Josh, who works at, you know, work, you, he's your coworker now. I was like, because he was always asking me. Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone that could recruit? That could recruit. Like, I need recruiters. I need recruiters. I'm just like, hmm. like I just like felt like that could be a match. And I don't know. You could tell the story probably better than I can. But that's that's what I remember. It was like end of May, right last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. End of May last year. Um, I couldn't do the call center anymore. I mean, if anyone sees the movie Wolf of Wall Street, it was yeah. like a cleaner version of Wolf of Wall Street. So I, before I quit, I called Clark. And I was like, I think I may be your next, you know, per candidate. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know if I wanted to stay in recruiting, start like more of the business development route with an agency or go into an executive assistant. And those are like the three things that I didn't know what I wanted to do. Then you mentioned Josh. And then I had a call with Josh and then I had a call with Noel and I decided I, and I, and I spoke through Clark through a lot of this and it was business development would have got hired for its staff agency. Um, and obviously I did recruiting with it, but it was important to me that I started in business development because I didn't, that was the experience I didn't have that I know I needed. Yeah. And then May, and then I started July. Well, I started 7-Eleven, so I started July 11. There it is. Yeah. And then we were, yeah, we all met up in Vermont the month later wow. and you were rocking and rolling already. Everyone loved you. And it was just like, it was interesting. It's just like, you kind of just know. Um, and that was the first. Yeah, I mean, since I started Digital Recruiter, and then I was like one of the beginnings of the agency side, Digital Recruiter Talent Group, little did you know, or I know, end up being the first placement uh, of our uh, the, the little agency now that, that's now growing, which is pretty cool. Uh, and it's just awesome just how like, it's, it's it goes to show like with recruiting, like I knew you were a hard worker. I know they were hard workers, but it was just like that personality match where you just know different companies. And I had worked with dozens yeah. of companies by that point, but I was like, this is the one that that yeah. makes sense. And and now here you are, you start in business development, uh, but then you get into the kind of more of the back end operations. Like how did that kind of evolve in like the first yeah. few months? Yeah. I think the topic of today is like divine timing, right? <laughs> so, um, I started, we, there was 10 of us. I started as the first female in the company, of course, next to our CEO, Noel. And I started a business development. I leveraged a lot of my previous relationships down in South Florida. So I brought in two clients in the first probably month and a half. Um, and then from there, we had an operations manager who I started working with because I had just run a company. So I had come from being an employer to an employee and and staff agency at the time was more of that kind of growing startup. So we didn't have some of those operations in place. So I just started, you know, whenever I want to get into something, it's all, and I've done this in other agencies or other parts of my career, just like lending your hand, right? Like, oh, yeah. I'll help you with the holiday party, like, or I'll help this. And it's to eventually show this is the path I want to take. So that was timing. I did business development for probably the first six to eight months. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't love it. 
I, I, I like the client management, but the getting the business, that's hard. For me, that's hard. That That's not my forte. And, and I've learned through growth that you don't have to be great at everything. And that's not my greatest suit. But uh, anyway, so from there, the operations manager left. I, and then I took on that role entirely. I had already used ADP and all the, I do all the payroll in the back end and contracts and temp and whatever. Clark was asking me before this, what I do. And I, I was like, well, where do I start? <laughs> um, but that's how it started. It's yeah, just lending a hand to a holiday party or something. It's, I mean, again, another great point of anyone that's, for anyone that's like maybe like stuck, right? Or like not quite sure, like just try things. Like it's just, you know, as you said, lend a hand, lend a hand, like that willingness to just do and help and participate and to try things. You know, that's what my dad told me. Growing up, I was trying to figure out like, you know, what what I wanted to do. He's like, well, try all the jobs. Figure out what you don't want to do first. Uh, yeah. And you'll kind of get there. But he's like, you got to work your way to that point. And through that point, you can't just sit around forever just thinking and plat- plotting stuff out. Like, you got to go out there and, like, do and try things. And yeah. that could go with roles within an agency. That could go with, you know, the types of roles and clients that you are working with. Right. We talk about niching down all the time, but sometimes you just got to work what's in front of you to figure out kind of what you want to double down on uh, in a sense. And and kind of that, you know, analysis by paralysis or right, paralysis by analysis. I think that's the way it goes. Excuse me. Uh, is is very real. And just kind of working through that, you can get to your kind of ideal setup where I did have to ask you what you do. Cause I knew it was a million things, but I knew it's always evolving too. And as yeah. like, you have a growing agency, um, just a yeah, really important trait to kind of have that. I know you've had as people to make this evolution in a year and a half. That's like, now you're like here. And it's like, whoa, yeah. like this, like you change your whole trajectory in a year and a half by just being, willing to like work on things and new projects uh, and kind of take the mantle. It's, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, our CEO really preaches making sure that you're consistent in what you do. Your actions are always going to speak louder and just keep doing the right thing and being really authentic. And that's kind of where we found this staff agency is just like, be yourself, be authentic, do the right thing. And like, it will happen. And also setting goals. Like I never set goals before this. A goal list. How cheesy was that? <laughs> well, let me, let me read it every day. And then when you start doing it and it starts happening, it's a whole different mindset change. And, and Noelle speaks to that um, really, really fluently, but that that's what it was. My goal was to get out of sales, do it, learn it, but eventually I had to get out of it and then go towards the client management and the operation side, which is what I really love. And now I really love what I do. It's great. I mean, there's, there's two things there. I mean, Noel definitely sets that tone for you guys as of just like show up, work hard, be transparent, be direct, have a great attitude, you know, and, and we're going to figure out the right role for you. Um, the fact that she fosters that environment is huge because a lot of people don't feel like they can have that communication, especially with higher ups at, at a company. You know, I, I spend a lot of time kind of breaking some of those habits with people I bring on because I'm like, I don't, you know, what you want to do is what you want to do. Just be direct with me, right? Just uh, as long as I know what I can expect from you, well, you and I are good, right? And as long as you ask for help when you're stuck, you and I are good, right? It's just when things get delayed or I'm not sure what's going on. That's the only frustrating part. I know that's the environment she she creates. So that's what's been cool to see you guys just like rise, like kind of the crew that you guys have. There are people that really take that and rise with it. it it's been really cool. And and 
Also, what I'm hearing is like you being exposed to recruiting and sales made you really good for operations because that is your, it seems like kind of the strong suit, but you also know what sales and recruiting are going through at the same time while you're running operations. How does that impact you and help? That's super important. That I think if you're doing operations or HR, especially for any sales organization, whether it's recruiting, it's whatever it is, you have to know what you're talking about. First of all, sales, you guys can sniff anything out, right? So (laughs) number one, number two, it's, it's important to know what you go through because sales is 90% of your mindset, obviously. So being able to put yourself in those shoes and, and more recently I got certified as a life coach. So adding that on my belt, plus our sales team, knowing what they've been through and then having, and then the big thing about sales is they want to know that you've done it before. If you haven't done it before, it's a wrap. They're not, they're not listening to you. So that, and then the operations side is, I know how important it is to send an invoice out, but I can't tell you how many times more previously in other agencies when I was in public relations, they don't, you know, HR operations or accounting doesn't know how important it is to send that invoice out the first of the month at this particular time. So it hits that inbox. Then if you've ever been in sales, you know, that's the most important part. And and they respect me for that. And that's important. And they respect that I know what they're doing every day. I don't just go and saying, change your mindset and your goals, but I have no idea what your day looks like. Yeah. Well, it, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta listen to people. Yeah. So I, I guess, I mean, <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, the, cause I know you're doing stuff on direct hire. You guys also do contract staffing for your clients as well and payroll contractors. So, and those, you know, the contractors got to get paid on time, right? Salespeople got to get paid their commissions and all that. It's all, all really important. So yeah. And how do you, yeah. I mean, how do you kind of get the most, right out of kind of the, the, the sales team, the producers, right. And kind of accomplishing some of those operational goals. So with the team, more of the managing directors. So that, so we have different, you know, obviously buckets and we have yeah. sales, managing directors that manage the sales team. Um, and they do an excellent job at it, but getting the managing directors on board with our process and procedures is huge. Sales typically doesn't love processes and procedures. You are you are two different people. You either love to sell in this world or you like a process and procedure. And I fall on the line if I like a process and procedure. Why sales doesn't like that? It takes too much time. It's too formal. It's not an instant hit. It's not that instant hit when you get when you're in sales. So when you can marry the two, and that's a lot what I'm working on now is marrying, okay, we have our process, we have our things, but we have to formally do it. And having the managing directors on board with that, that's when that's your winning formula. And and it takes time. So it's a lot of different formulas and a lot of different revisions. And I think that's what people don't realize is how many times you have to go back to that process, but that's your key. Yeah. Your key is your process. And once you nail that, it's it's a game changer. Yeah, it, it really is. And I mean, it's, it's funny because we the hour before we recorded this, I just had a complete op, you know an operations call with Christina, who's our director of operations and an operations consultant who again uses the same system. It's an expert at it, and you know I'm the sales type person. Christina's operations, but again, she has a sales background, so she knows what I go through, and I respect her on the operations level that she's been through the sales. So like what you're to your point, that is a huge part of why our relationship and our partnership works because she knows what I'm going through and vice versa. And so to kind of have that out, like Q4 for us was like 
fix out the infrastructure, the systems, like we know the value that we're bringing into the market and what we can do. But now we've done a lot in the last this year, we've done a lot last year, like, let's put all that together, take a step back, right? Like kind of slow is uh, slow is smooth, as smooth is fast, right? Like that's, that's the tagline. And Q4 is a great time to do that, right? November, December, people spending yeah. on all that schedules and presents and all that. So, you know, I know the Q1 is going to gear up for So for us, November, December is an amazing time yeah. to map this stuff out, build it so we can then scale and like put everyone in the roles that they're best suited to uh, for all of 2024. And it's, it's fun. Like I had that call and with that, like I just, with that goal, cause I had that as a written goal and with that vision in mind, when the solution is there in front of you and the lady at the end, she asked us, she, I loved it. She was like, well, how would you rate this meeting? And I was like, 10 out of 10. Christine was like, this is a 10, right? Cause it's just like, it's just when you have the goal, the vision and like you find the right talent to bring it and help execute it. And you're like, Oh, we're on the path here. Like, this is going to be so much better. We're not going to feel yeah. like we're, we're running around. Right. And I want, you know, it's so it's amazing. And that sales and operations, like working together, having that shared vision and to like, and to get the work done, right. Not just to yeah. talk about it, but how are you going to execute this and get this done? And then sales, you could see like, wow, I could, I know exactly what the margins are going to be the price point and like what to sell and the value and how we got to present mm -hmm. that to our prospects and everything else or our current clients. And I know our deliverability with active clients is going to go through the roof and they're going to be, they're just going to have an amazing experience, right? That's what happens when sales and operations get together, like get on the same page from, from my experience. Yeah. And you get out of the minutia, right? Cause you can stay in that for a yeah. long time. You can stay in that forever if you want. But to get out of that and to really put, like you said, actually do the work and not just talk about it, those are also two completely different things, right? Yeah. And so yep. that's what we're doing too. In December, we're going to, now we're doing all of our kind of brainstorming what we want to do and then we'll actually do the work in December. And that's how you get out of that minutia. Yep. That kind of round about it, the same thing over and over again. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's easy as a small company to not do uh and to just go with the rat race and the hamster wheel and all those cliches but anxiety thinking about it <laughs> yeah and, and, but it, it's it's so important you know we're looking at that now with with our our agency it's um you know we kind of put all the pieces together the last few months with our personnel and a ton of talent and yeah. making really good placements and just kind of a you know a handful of us and already a seven you know figure run rate with just three people really two yeah. people being full-time and two kind of being part-time the last six weeks and now we just add an sdr in the last week and so it's like all right now we know the core is there we got the nucleus we got the people we have the sourcing the screening capabilities account all yeah. that stuff like okay what do we need from a tool from isn't an ats a traditional ats what do we need and let's reverse engineer that right like we we just you know we got to get our intake forms where the client the candidate side all in one pay, place and the visibility of the processes and making sure that you know the a great candidate we talked to today that might not be a fit in six months if that role comes up that's a fit for them that we can find that person in 10 minutes right in our database so like we know wow. like the things that are important to us that we want to get out of an ATS system. That's always what I tell people when they're like, what ATS should I use? Like, what do you need out of it? How do you work? What are your strengths? Is everyone on board, right? Figure out those things first and then demo what is out there. Otherwise, they're just going to tell you all the benefits of their yeah. ATS, but you got to figure out what you need from it first and who's actually going to be invested in it. Um, 
is that like kind of what you see and using system ETS, all that at, yeah, at staff I mean, agency? We, yeah. we have 40 different things that we use and then it's yeah. narrowing down to like 10. Yeah. And I think what's important that I'm learning now is leadership has to come up with it and get on board. But I'm really big on asking the person that just started three months ago or the person that's been with us for a year, like, what do you think? You're the one that's going to do it. What do you think? And I yep. think that's also a big disconnect is leadership hasn't sometimes been in that role in a while. So, and, and, and it's not, I think sometimes ego gets in the way of that, or you don't want to seem vulnerable or you don't want to seem what you don't know what you're talking about, but I don't know what I don't know. And Noel always says that. I don't know what I don't know, yeah. but I, I, I recently have asked an entry level recruiter that's been here for four months. What would, what do you think about this? What do you think about this process? Do you think this email to a new hire looks right? And that's super important because I, my ego's totally stepped aside on that. You tell me what you think. I don't know. <laughs> it's the best approach. You're, you're yeah. spot on. I, I shared on a couple of previous episodes. Well, we just brought on SDR in the last year and she's doing great. Got a client her first like week, got 12 recs on the board and already interviews and submittals, all that stuff, good stuff happening. But it's show it's revealing all the gaps in our process, which I wanted it to do. I knew yeah. it was going so then we could sit down tomorrow and next week and be like, okay, we've got the client in, all that. Like, how do we fix this? Like, how do we make this easier for you going forward with the whole team? Right. And the same thing when my wife started helping us with sourcing and screening the last few weeks, no recruiting background before that. You know, what are you seeing? You know, I'm asking her, like, what are you seeing? Where are the gaps that oh. like we can help a newbie like like you? Like, where where could we be better? Because like Lauren and I, we're, we have all this stuff internalized. We know yeah. what to prioritize. We know what to do. All this other stuff. Like, we can go 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 at a really high level because we've been at for ten plus years, right? They haven't. So it's like that's been cool to kind of be able to take a step back. Okay, we're being super productive like how do we take a step back and just what do you all need like where are the gaps where do you feel like you have to keep bothering us and you don't want to bother us right what can we get you ahead of time or how do we track this stuff as it goes um so we don't have to like repeat an intake call whether it's external or internal or anything like that right because that's always super frustrating so it's been cool to kind of see all the pieces that are working and like now we just got to kind of like you know like what transformer right? put them all together uh in a sense so it's the new people are the best to learn from yes. like where the gaps are in your, in your business. Yes. For sure. So for sure. I love it. Well, I, I, I got to make sure I ask you this question because I, I think it's a good one. Uh, we're we're getting a little bit of a pivot, but you recruited enough, you know, did some sales. What's the craziest story you got from recruiting? I at one point think I onboarded 800 people in a year. Like I have recruited in volume yeah, and I think it was during COVID at my last agency, we did zoom obviously. And I get on the phone with somebody supposed to be a great sales guy, you know, in South Florida, he came from the other call centers, whatever, someone you would want to target. I get, I get on a video of him. He is camping in a tent shirtless. Oh, no. And we ran the whole interview. You know, at that time, it was like a 20, 15 minute, 20 video screener, and then they had to come in person. And I ran the whole interview. You, you didn't, you didn't shut it down like, or anything? Yeah. It wasn't inappropriate. And I was never going to hire this guy. Right. But the point is, 
he's camping and he's sure listen this is i mean if you know anything about south florida it's like anything goes in a call center and i remember thinking i have to get through this interview nothing it wasn't inappropriate but it was he knows a lot of people i don't want him to think and leave a bad review that's a big thing you don't want anyone to have a bad taste oh uh, yeah for the next eight to ten minutes and he's just out there camping frying up a hot dog on this on the fire it was that was a while. I have a couple others too, but that was a wild one. Well, it could have been funny though, because if he did leave that review, you know, you see the initial review people leave, and then like the owners or the person will reply, <laughs> like, okay, like, yeah, maybe I cut the interview early. You were in a tent and you were shirtless interviewing for a sales role, right? They provide the context that's missing from the initial review. I mean, those yeah. are kind of my favorite. Like, I love the rebuttal. Right, because you you got to have the defense and the prosecutor give their statements. Right? Yeah. The other day, or not the other day, but it was maybe it was a while ago actually that left us a review, and I was like, "You didn't interview here. Like, you have to write back. Like, I'm so sorry, but you didn't interview here." <laughs> a lot of people when we were Delta Hire used to think we were Delta Airlines. Well, that was a big part of the switch, right? Yeah, you got we get all the phone calls and everything because yeah, it was Delta. Delta hire you get for Delta Airlines. Like, I was on an interview with someone. They said, "I know you're gonna know why I got fired from Delta." I said, "Sir, I'm not gonna know." It was a customer service phone. Um, I'm not gonna know. But please, now, please tell me why did you get fired from Delta? That was funny. That's that. I mean, that could have been the angle, right? You, you pitch that yourself to it. Delta and hire us as like you know, buy us as your agency or something like that. Because we were gonna that get the name. Great. Now we're already fielding. We're already doing all the work for you. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Um, had so many interviews with people driving. The, yeah, oh, the phone. Yeah, driving. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. I don't. I don't understand what happened. I I hire a lot of entry-level um, and volume customer service agents for a massive media client of ours. And I handle the process from start to finish and all the training and the payroll with it. But I do the, the inner, I'm the hiring manager for this company. And so many people are driving. I don't know where the disconnect is of like video is still in person, but I know, I know we've all seen it. It's yeah. Really I, I, I've noticed <laughs> it when it's, there is some, I mean, it's very few exceptions, but if someone's on an initial call with me, yeah. whether it's they're interested in the program or anything else, it should either be a phone call or a video call like this. Yeah. And if you're going to be in the car, just make it a phone call. Hey, I'm in the car. I'm going to talk. Let's talk on the phone. And there is something about it. It's just hard to be present, right? Because you have you can be focus on the road uh in a sense so like it, if you had the video on the car it's like a highly recommend if you ever book a call with me please don't do that uh if we're meeting <laughs> especially if we're meeting for the first time um because it's it's tough right I, I, our time is valuable so you yeah. are signaling to the other person that their time isn't honestly that that, that is valuable and it's like i don't know i I'm, I'm with you on that it is a little bit of a pet peeve uh I just thought of another one. Yeah. I was on the phone with someone. It wasn't a video and they were in the car screaming at another like road rage at another car. Well, that's fun. It is a pretty qualified person. I would never hire that person. Yeah. That's all I need to know. You're I... screaming at someone in the other lane while you're on the phone with me. And I... we all have done it, but you know. No. I think in my, in my LA days, I w yeah, I wouldn't dare risk it because 
you know, you get road rage every day in LA. It's, it was yeah. a nightmare. Um, yeah, just, you know, little, little etiquettes here and there. Kidding, screaming at the other car. But it, it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, this is a whole other topic. I didn't even know, think we would cover, but just the way people can block themselves out of opportunities, right? You talk about divine intervention and everything else, but just the other end of it is taking calls like that, right? Booking calls on someone's calendar, you know, with the intention of selling them, which has happened to me, right? Or the, an interview with you, it's like, when you don't, don't take it seriously, it's like maybe, but like they have no other options or something like that, yet they still like don't have that professionalism or just even having a bad attitude, uh, what that's done for people. Like Yeah, because like, I mean, even the, the attitude piece, I, I've talked about a lot recently, it's I'll go above and beyond for uh, you know a candidate or anyone that just has a good i mean that was with you like way we work together you're good at like i was like all right i'll do what i can to try to help you and like try to see if i can find a place for you um you know my wife feels the same with the screens that she's had she's like she like notices it right being completely new like i really want to get like this person was really nice and like i want to find them something versus someone that like is disrespectful like she's like I'm like, no, that person's done. Like, forget about it. They've shown their colors, right? And, you know, or not be able to handle handle rejection. And they're interviewing for a VP of sales role. I'm like, what are yeah. we doing? Like, what? Like, you know, I'm like, this is how you're constantly. And it's not, and I want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and give people opportunity. But it, it's interesting, right? People will just block that out for themselves. And they might have no idea that they're doing it. And it could be right. maybe the simplest thing to fix. So I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you have some thoughts on that too. Yeah, I mean, it's chasing yeah. a dollar. I always tell our you know, yeah. team or myself, I tell myself, don't chase the dollar. Yeah. Like the flags are there. It's like dating. The flags are there. Don't chase the dollar. If you need to onboard X amount of people, don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It won't work out. <laughs> it, it, it's, it is different once you get to that manager role and you're like, oh, this is what I kind of need, right, for yeah. my team. But those are like, you can control what you can control, right? And how you approach, how you make an impression and all that stuff like that, that stuff matters. And yes. a lot of times you don't know who you're going to meet and you don't know who that person knows, right? And not in like, and you can be surprised, right? With, with, with someone's network and, and, and everything else. Uh, but as we you talked about, like just owning what you're good at, owning what's in front of you, yes. right? Having that that positive attitude and just like understanding like the etiquette, right? Of how this all kind of works in in recruiting and operations and everything else. Like you can really shift like the tides of everything in your direction much more than you realize. Uh, that was a big yeah. lesson for me from like going to my 20s to my 30s. Was yes. like, I'm not as like, I'm not like helpless. Like I can dictate a lot of this stuff. Uh, yeah. I think so. it's interesting. Like the way I do a consistent routine and my to-do list, a lot of it is the daily personal stuff. Like I put everything on a to-do list. I believe if you check it off, there's something in you that makes you want to move to the next thing. Like making your bed is on my to-do list every morning, every single morning. When I started doing that, and now I'm like, now I'm like, okay, am I getting too much with this? But when I really started doing that routine, everything else fell into place. The position, my dream position fell into place. Managing this account fell into place. And like, I never valued that before. When you wake up and you're frantically running to work, like it's a, 
it's it's totally different than when you wake up with an intention and a good intention. I, it's I, super powerful. I completely agree. Yeah, it, it's just like it's that organization, like even that like internal mental like clarity, yeah, like resonates with people, right? And it almost makes it easier for them to kind of like easier for you to see yourself, but also for them to see you. Of like, all right, like there's there's a reliability there, right? There's there's a, a consistency there where you, you know Karen isn't frantic. Like we can rely on her. She's got her you know shit together, and like we can now start to really make progress, right? The biggest inhibitor of progress is typically ourselves, right? Yeah. Our own roadblocks, and I, I, yeah, I I feel that because that was the first half of this year for me. It was like I, I wanted my son to be. I was excited for him to be born for obvious reasons um, yeah. in a couple months right we're kind of figuring all this stuff out but then august hit right almost at three month mark and my wife and i we really started getting like our own rhythm with having him and with work and everything and it's been so much more productive the last two to three months because mm -hmm. we just have like we know what to expect every day in a sense now there is unpredictability right i think i like chaos within structure right that's yeah. okay with chaos just chaos is brutal, right? But that creativity, chaos within structure is always okay because you can kind of have those things that, that bring you back to center, right? At the end of every day or every morning and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, 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 there is something to that. And people feed off of that, um, yes. you know, internally in your family, but also potential, you know, clients and potential clients. Do you feel that recruiters or sales kind of love the chaos and don't love the routine and they're kind of addicted to it? Yeah, I, I love chaos. <laughs> don't get me wrong. You know, I love yeah, the unpredictability I mean, I do of that. But, I do too, yeah. But it's, I've learned this from my first day at AirTech. What AirTech did for me, they provided me the structure for yeah. my chaos to be controlled, right? Controlled chaos. And I could kind of be creative, be innovative within that, that structure, those bumpers, that that's always when I've gotten the most out of like myself and my work, right? As starting a business, it's the hardest thing to do is create those bumpers and those structures, right? It's what is the offer? What's marketing? What's sales? How is the market evolving, right? Recruiting now is a lot different than it was a year ago. And a year from now, it'll be a lot different than it is now, right? How do you adapt with the flow and the changes and keep that structure going? It's the constant battle and the constant tug of war, um, you know, that I, I talk about with Christina all the time, right? But we've, you got to kind of work to kind of like ride in the rough seas until you get to the yeah. calm. And in that calm, that's where you kind of take stock of everything we talked about earlier and like figure that out. Okay, how do we rebuild the structure and the bumpers and kind of take the next step, right? Growth is not linear, right? It goes up, it goes here, it goes down, mm -hmm. then it goes up. And then, you know, like, so just knowing that, right, having that, kind of being able to kind of get at the head of the game, at least knowing what to expect. Sometimes you can only get that with experience, but like, yeah. that's what I'm working toward. Right? It's always, it's, it's never going to be a, fi a final product, yeah. which is also what I love about all this, right? I can see myself doing this forever in, in a sense, because it's, it, it's great. It's the constant battle and what you learn within doing that, but just embracing that reality. And as you said, just knowing who you are and who you aren't, mm -hmm. right? I'm a sales guy. I'm not an operations person. When yeah. I let that go, it opened up everything. Um, yes. Right? Like, that's huge. So Just owning it. Yeah. And exactly. No, I think uh, I have accepted that I am addicted to excitement. <laughs> I like procedures, but I get salespeople. Like, I get your brain. I don't, 
I don't think I'm as good as you guys are. Like I'm better on the other side, but accepting that is and embracing it is so big. It, it, it's huge. Yeah. Knowing what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. Yeah, just accept it. Like I like the chaos. I like the excitement sometimes. And that's like recruiting has a lot of that. Yep. Yeah, it definitely does. Right. Yeah. And it's like, all right, how do we create systems around this and make right. this thing all flow better and all that? Like that's, that's all good. Um, but kind of, but knowing that is, I don't say half the battle. I mean, it's, I know it's what people say half the battle. It, it kind of is, right? You got to kind of know who you are, what you bring to the table, the problems you solve. Yeah. And then it makes it easier for people to understand that and know where you could help them. And a lot easier to write the check, right? To actually, you know, pay you to solve the problems for them. So it, it, it's, it does. It all kind of comes together, um, you know, it, but it starts with kind of knowing that and putting yourself out there. Right? Yeah. And once you do that, then you, things can start working for you. Yeah. Love it. Anything we wanna that you wanna leave the listeners with, Karen? No, I think right now in my work, especially now coaching, is consistency and failure is okay. Yep. That's okay. Um, Noelle and I are working on a piece for Forbes for her about failure and the three types of failure and how it's okay and and that's a big thing. And, and I want to leave it at that. Be consistent, be authentic, failure is fine, know your path is going to work out and answer the people on LinkedIn or know that they're going to answer you because you could be like me. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Well, that's a, it's a great, great, end, you know, great spot to end. I think, yeah, consistency, embracing kind of the, you know, the failure, cracking a few eggs here and there. It's all going to be okay. Um, and then, yeah, and then asking for help when you need it. So, and not being afraid to invest in it, I think is, is a huge lesson. So, um, I love it. Well, Karen, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks, Clark. Of course. We can find you, what, on LinkedIn, right? Yep. Probably the best place. Cool. LinkedIn. Cool. Um, you can find us at staffagency.com. Yep. Um, and we offer anywhere between DISC uh, assessments to consulting, to recruiting, to any kind of workforce and coaching and all that fun stuff. I love it. All those details will be on, on the episode That's the page <laughs> and, uh, absolutely, absolutely. No, this was great. And, uh, always fun to catch up and talk and kind of see what you're up to and just hear the evolution. So really, really cool to see. And, uh, awesome. Well, that will do it for this episode. Uh, make sure to like five star, all that fun stuff. Um, uh, until next time, happy hunting. <laughs>